Have you ever stepped back from something that you cared about and then wondered whether you'd ever be able to return to it, whether you were saying goodbye for just a season or for good? Maybe you put your career dreams on hold because you couldn't find anything or you made the choice to say this is what's best for our family in this season. But that question lingers in the back of your mind. Will I be able to return to that thing? Will I be able to rejoin the workforce or build my career? Will I be able to do the thing that I'm passionate about again in a future season? Or is this goodbye for good? That was Charlene Wilde's question. After the birth of her first child, Charlene chose to leave active duty life. She spent the next several years as a stay-at-home mom and a military spouse trying to find purpose in her current season. She wondered if and when she would ever return to full-time employment and if she would land a job that just brought in a paycheck or whether she would be able to build a new career. Today, Charlene is Senior Vice President and Assistant Secretary of the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association. And in this episode, we talk about her decision to leave active duty life, her time as a stay-at-home mom and military spouse, and her journey to finding a new career in a new season of life. So if you have taken a step back from chasing any kind of dream, whether because of circumstances or by choice, and you've wondered what the next season of life could look like for you, if you have questioned what's even possible for you in the future, this is an episode you'll love. So what do you say? Let's dive into the show. are made for more. More than the managing of schedules, keeping up with kiddos, and holding down the home front. Welcome to the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show. I'm here to help you navigate life as a military spouse, get unstuck, and craft a life with purpose. Hi, I'm Christine, a military spouse of over 10 years, mom of littles, and coffee connoisseur. You have something valuable to offer, and when you pursue the things that light your heart on fire, you trade frustration for fulfillment and isolation for a life of impact. If you feel stuck waiting for some future season to chase your dreams, then it's time to discover who you are meant to be because together we can change the world. I'm so excited that you're back for another episode of the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show and I'm excited to share Charlene's story with you because I know it's going to resonate with so many of you. It's so easy to put the thing we love on the back burner for a season and then to question, hey, is this something I'm ever going to be able to return to? Or have I just imploded all of my dreams? And what so often happens is we put the thing that we love, that we care about, that lights us up on the back burner and we take care of everyone around us and we begin to lose our sense of self in the process. We lose our excitement, our passion, and we lose our confidence and we question what we're even capable of, what our skills are, what we are passionate about anymore. And we wonder what's even possible for us. 
And that's really why I created this identity workshop for military spouses. I don't want you to lose yourself along the way. I want you to be able to stay in touch or if you've already lost yourself, to be able to get back in touch with who you are at your core. What is it that lights you up? What things do you care about? And how can you live with purpose in your current season of life? So that free training is available on the website. Just go to millspousemastermind.com forward slash workshop and you can download and watch the identity workshop get practical strategies to really begin to get in touch with yourself and i think that as you listen to charlene's story you will hear why this matters why this workshop is so important for your life for military spouses to watch so that we don't stay stuck so that we don't get lost and not know how to move forward, to not be trapped and feel frozen in this place of what do I do? What do I even have to offer? Who am I anymore? All right, let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Charlene Wild. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have Charlene Wild with us. Charlene, thank you for joining us on the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show. Thank you so much for having me today. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your story? Sure. I'd be glad to. And I, I love every opportunity that I can talk about um, just a little bit about my gra- background because it is a little unique. So I do have to start, though, from a, when I was younger, I grew up with two Marine Corps parents, which in and of itself is something really special. Um, so, but coming from that, that they never encouraged me uh, to ever join the military at all. Because they thought, they just thought that I was a woman and that you just don't do that, which is kind of weird because my mom was in the Marine Corps. But anyway, it was a very different perspective and time. <laughs> and so, uh, but I did when I went into uh, university that I was exploring all different ways of how to, how to really join the workforce. And somehow our majority seed was like there. And I was like, well, this is kind of interesting and this is kind of cool. And so I did that and uh, joined the army and um, had a great career. And I, I had a, a really good time. I met my spouse there and then we served together. And then from there, kind of a, this is kind of a little piece of my background is that then um, he continued to deploy because that's what you did for many, many years. And he deployed all over the world. But we also had two children in the mix. And so I made this amazing decision to stay home um, and to be with them for about 11 years. And I was that was terrifying in and of itself. But um, I was so glad I did. And then come uh, fast forward up in 2015, I uh, rejoined the workforce. And that was another absolutely terrifying experience because you lose so much of yourself in these 10 years where you don't know, I'm sure you understand what that I'm talking about in there, that you just lose yourself. And, um, but then I was really thankful that I was able to rejoin the workforce. And um, now this is kind of reinventing my whole self. And which brings me here today working at AFMA, um, which I've been here now for seven years. That's awesome. And I'm really excited to dig into your story because I really think that so many 
people are in this place of either you're wondering what happens if I take that step back, or maybe it's like we can't find the childcare, so it feels like it's not even our decision to make to um, but then there's that fear of, does that mean my career is over? Does that mean what's what's possible for me in the future? So having you on the other side of this, I think is really, really going to be great today. Now, you talked about your both your parents being in. Was your mom one of the, the first? She was one of the few, yes. And so uh, she actually, she tells her story of when she was in the Marine Corps, that in her, you know, boot camp, I say quote unquote boot camp because that's totally different from what uh, modern day boot camp where men and women are treated the same because there they were not. They had mandatory lipstick and all these things that's so different um, from modern day. But yeah, she was one of the few and a uh, few around. So let's go talk for a minute just about your decision to leave active duty. Was that a difficult decision to make? What were some of the things that really were contributing to you making that decision to step away? So I think it was a really difficult decision for me um, in a myriad of ways. But one of the biggest factors was that after I had had my son and, you know, as a new mom, you're just kind of, you know, everything is kind of thrown at you. And that's hard all in and of itself. Um, but then uh, my husband deployed six weeks after our son was born. And so here I am now, a first-time mom. Oh, wait, now you're a single mom. And, oh, wait, you're supposed to go back and do your exact same job, the exact way you did it before. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, I did have a, um, a person I was working for at the time that was just not flexible at all and just was like, I don't care. You're a new mom. It does not matter. And you need to do all these things that you did before and with no flexibility. And that was extremely hard for me. And at the time, you know, we were stationed in Aberdeen Proving Grounds in Maryland. And my whole family, my support system was in Kansas and Oregon. So therefore, I had to rely on my military family and friends. And I didn't have any family that I could really just plug into and not have someone there with me. And so that was a really big contributing factor. And then um, deployments, as I said, that time was just rampant. And I knew um, that from that point that I would be deployed soon too. And so I, that for me was very easy in that point. I'm like, well, I, I didn't want to sign this family care plan. And I knew knowing that it's probably going to be happening pretty soon. And I, that for me, that just kind of clinched it um, where I was like, you know, I, I think at this point I need to st- step aside and uh, and just, you know, take a different chapter in my life. I mean, I totally understand where you're coming from because not six weeks, but my husband deployed when my oldest was three months old. So I had just gone back to work like the week before and then like he deploys and I'm like, okay, I'm like working and trying to take care of baby. And like my whole life and my world has been turned upside down. And how do I manage all the things and somebody that needs me 24 seven? It was it was a very, it was a time where I was like, I don't know which way is up right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of that, all at one time. And so that's whenever I decided to step back and try something different. And I had no idea it would be for 11 years. I, I just knew at that point I couldn't handle anymore. And, you know, I just had to tap out for a little bit. And um, 
but yeah, it, would, it ended up being that we ended up going overseas for six years afterwards. I was like, uh, how awesome is that? You know, <laughs> and being able to provide your kids with that opportunity, which probably wouldn't, I would have had to leave whatever career I was in before anyway, if we were going overseas. And so it, it really worked out um, like all things do. So did you consider going into civilian workforce at the time or were you just like, okay, I'm just going to take this time while my kids are little and just focus on staying with them? I had tried to enter into the workforce a couple different times um, because I knew that I I just was was bored several times at that stage. um, I would get bored really easily and I knew I had to do something. So I volunteered a lot. Um, and all the different FRGs and um, every single family right in this group, I was a heavy volunteer. When we were overseas, whatever spouse groups they were in, I volunteered. And I had looked into going back to the workforce several different times. But at the time, at those times, that their remote work, and especially remote or overseas work, was not as prevalent as it is now. And literally, I remember going into the spouse employment office um, and talking to someone saying, you know, I need some help here. You know, can you lead me in the right direction? And I remember I walked out of there with my head so low because they were like, well, you can go work at the commissary as a checker or you can go work the PX from the makeup counter. I'm like, oh, (laughs) like, what if I don't want to or be a substitute teacher? And um, I was like, okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'll figure this out. And so I went and sold Pampered Chef. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's amazing just in the last couple of years how much more opportunities are available, how much more remote work has become normalized. Because I remember the my first time that I moved with my spouse and I'm like, I, I can't pursue my career. And people were like, well, you just need to go back to school to be a nurse or a teacher. And I was like, well, if that's what I wanted to do, that's what I would have done initially. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think that so many times, like I remember like someone telling me to be a substitute teacher. I'm like, I have no desire to do that. And I would have, yeah, I would have pursued that if I really wanted to. And that was really, that was so frustrating to be wanting to join back into the workforce, but yet really, there's no really opportunity for you. So what did you find that, I mean, I know you said you did a lot of volunteering, but what were you doing that was really giving you that sense of purpose and fulfillment in that season? And and what did you learn about yourself in that time period? Uh, The biggest thing I think I did was like in our neighborhood groups of where I'm a very um, active just walker and I like to explore. I like to speed walk and do those kind of things. And so I looked and really uh, sought after always kind of organizing those groups, you know, finding other spouses that had like, like-mindedness. They were all there, you know, where most of us were overseas at that time and didn't have any family around. And so just kind of joining groups together, that was really gratifying to me and just kind of finding those like-minded people. And, and then as far as the like spouse groups, I, you know, it wasn't enough for me just to volunteer. I had to be like a leader in the organization. I had uh, like, you know, and that was fulfilling for me. And then what I learned about myself is that that is part of my personality trait that I didn't really realize I had before that, you know, that's where I kind of thrive whenever I'm able to join people together for, for something that's like-minded. I love that. So let's talk about what you were feeling. How did you know when you were ready 
to move back into the workforce? What were some of your biggest fears? What were you considering? What what led you to be like, this is the right time for me to try to step back into this? Yeah, it was, um, I actually kind of remember the day and where we had just moved um, from overseas to here in DC where we're at now. And um, we had you know just gone through this huge PCS and got everything unpacked. And um, for the first time in living stateside that both my kids were in school. And so I had never experienced that before as a mom um, of being by myself in the house, not being overseas and having all these opportunities available to me. And I remember they went back to school and think it had been one month since school started. And I had tried to go back to what was I had done the whole time was volunteer. And so I went to the school and, you know, tried to volunteer and kind of immerse myself into this and also trying to sell Pampered Chef, um, you know, and just trying to make all these things work. And I realized that the that community and, and non-military spouse community is completely different than <laughs> where I was and where I am in D.C., where it's not all military. It's almost all civilian. Everyone works and everyone or they have you know, their own little cliques because they've never, they've never left the area. This is their home. They've never left. And so being a transplant person in the new person, I I knew, I think within a month that I had to change that. And um, I probably needed to pursue and go back to the workforce because I was going to go out of my mind. And um, that wasn't good for me or my family. (laughs) And so, uh, but then trying to decide what to do with yourself um, my background was environmental science and microbiology, but if you're not practicing in that field, then how do you insert yourself back into it? So I looked at uh, different like training programs or different, and plus we needed uh, paychecks coming in. We really did need that second paycheck in DC area. So really unpaid work in order to get that experience wasn't really an option for me at the time. Um, and that was the first thing I had looked at. And so then I quickly realized I just needed to start something new and fresh. And um, about the same time, one of our best friends, her um, husband had tragically uh, died in active duty. And um, I had helped her through that process. So in helping her, I realized I had a passion also for helping my military community and spouses. That um, I realized through that process that that's what I needed to do. I needed to do go somewhere where I could fill that desire and that need I had as a veteran, as a military spouse. Um, and so through that, I went through so many, through Bel- Belvoir, through all these different bases, options in the area, trying to find um, where, what skill set that I have, because after a while you forget <laughs> what skills you have. You really do. I did. I had lost myself. And so I started going to training classes at uh, the military spouse employment office and um, having someone help me write my resume and trying to really figure out what my skills looked like. And so from that process, I, that's how I found uh, AFMA um, and their mission fit right into um, what I was looking for. So talk about that season. What were, what were you feeling? Were you feeling discouraged or were you excited by the prospect of starting to say what's possible for me? What was that like? Um, I was super excited, but yeah, also terrified. I was absolutely terrified that I was going to fail. 
and um, terrified that I didn't have any skills that were relevant to today's society because I hadn't joined the workforce in so long and I had never joined the workforce as a mom. And so I was terrified that I was going to be failing my family um, and that I would be the worst mother and spouse um, ever. And these were my fears and were very real. And like I had never had to juggle uh, going to work and you know taking my kids to football practice and you know doing these things. But you know it all worked out. But those were my feelings. But yeah, also so excited about wow you know, this is going to be like my season of my life, you know? And uh, so, yeah, it was a combination of both of those. I mean, I know that so many military spouses end up losing themselves in this journey. And and that's why this podcast came to me because I was like, yeah, it's so easy to lose sight of, you know, who we are at our core when we're not having a way to really tap into those things that make us unique and find a way to use our skills in the season that we're in. So I would love for you just to talk about what was it like stepping back into the workforce and and really facing those fears and and really moving into this new season. What did you learn? Um, Well, I really did learn. uh, I went back to, there was a piece of advice when I was a brand new lieutenant and that in the army that my, one of my first platoon sergeants told me, and he told me that a little bit of knowledge and a whole lot of confidence will go a long way. And I hadn't thought about it in years until I joined the workforce again. And, um, I, w- I came in in a leadership position with a department that didn't really want me there. And, um, so that was, that was a little interesting, but yet, you know, my whole career, I've always been kind of the only woman around in the workforce, wherever I'm at, you know, in the army, the time anyway. And so that was kind of normal for me. And so that was that kind of reentry and kind of getting my feet back under me again and really tapping into, I guess, the skills that I hadn't tapped into in a very long time. And, uh, but a lot of confidence helped me go through that and just remembering that who I was, um, even though I had to go buy a whole new wardrobe and, you know, and it was okay. And <laughs> which then that was really fun. And so then I was like, well, this is awesome. You know, I get to go shopping all the time. Um, but yeah, it was that, that kind of whole season of, I think it took me about six months of joining the workforce again before I think I felt confident in myself and, and confident in my, that I could do this and that um, maybe this is a career and maybe not just a job because that's kind of a big definition, you know, a big change in those two words. Whenever you think of it, Oh, this is just a job. You're thinking this is temporary. You're thinking, okay, well I'll do this for now, but I don't know if I'm going to stay. And that's where I was for about a good six months, um, just kind of making it just every day, nugging it out and um, not thinking about it. But it was just a day to day. That's it, a transaction. Um, and I think about six months in is when it really turned into a career where I was like, OK, you know, and it just kind of flipped internally where I was like, I, you know, I can do this. And you, you are a pretty damn talented person. And, you know, like you have a great personality, you know, that, that sounds weird, but yeah, like I had to kind of pump myself up and, um, 
you know, kind of grow into that new role in myself. What did you do to really grow your confidence? And and what would you recommend to others who are in this place where like, they just feel really unsure of themselves? What do you do to really grow that confidence? Um, I think that, so what I did is I, um, I joined a couple of different um, Facebook groups. Um, there was a, a military spouse career page and because I was just seeking, um, yeah, as a military spouse, we always seek our community and we seek our, you know, our, our village of people because you need them. And so it was, uh, since I wasn't near a military base, I felt away from that, but then I just kind of drew back to that community. And that reading that, joining that group really helped me to see that there were so many other women or men and women uh, that were going through the exact same thing. And that was really helpful. Um, I also found a mentor um, and that was an advice that I had found through that page. And so there was someone um, in my workplace that I trusted and, um, you know, I sort of just started talking to them. And, and that was really helpful just to know that there was someone there that had my back and I could talk to. Um, and then they left the organization, but they're still my mentor and it was great. And then from that experience, now I've learned how to seek out a mentor and, you know, and how to um, ask for help in a meaningful way. And instead of just being like, Oh, I need help. You know, <laughs> I think those are two really important things to understand that you are not alone and that you're not the only one that feels that sense of, do I have what it takes? Can I do this? You know, when you haven't utilized those same skill sets in a very long time, you know, that that just takes time to like rebuild the, that thinking pattern in your brain and then really stepping out and finding someone to say, hey, you're farther down this road than I am can you tell me like how to navigate this, what to do and finding that mentorship. So those are very valuable pieces of information. I'm curious because you're in DC at this time, you're, you're getting this job and initially it just feels like a job. Did your transition to saying I can build a career out of this, was it also influenced by the fact that you might be able to stay there longer than sometimes when you feel like, oh, we're probably going to move in another two years. There's that sense of like, I don't want to get tied into this. Yeah, no, it was definitely tied directly into that. Um, I think that whenever, so my husband started uh, grad school, he had an opportunity to start grad school after we moved here. And with that came um, with a requirement for him to stay another couple of years, you know. And so for the first time that I was like, whoa, we're going to be somewhere more than two years. This is awesome. You know, like I, I feel like I could really kind of settle in here. And then uh, I think right after that was whenever my kids, uh, they just fell in love with the area. And when the first time they came to us and they asked if we could stay and they had never done that any other duty station where, and they were coming in to get us our high school and middle school. So we had already been thinking about maybe, you know, um, since in DC, you can change jobs everywhere and you can stay for many years. So initially we thought there was no way we're going to do that. But then it was weird. It was like six to eight months after we'd been here that both of us kind of silently said to ourselves, yeah, I think we might stay here for a while. And that was part of the whole mental, I uh, think, transition for me. Um, 
And then just also starting in this new career field I was in that um, I knew um, that I needed to um, start some education. If I'm going to stay in that field, I need to get relevant with everyone else. And so I started taking educational classes that were offered through my employer. And so that really helped bolster um, my confidence as well. So now your husband retired this year. Yeah. What, what has that transition been like? How long did he serve? And is it weird being on the other side of military life? Uh, yes and yes. And so he served for a 30 year, over a little over 30 years. And um, so that we were married for about 20 of that. And so, uh, so that was a huge change and where I wasn't really um, expecting it for someone for the first time, like I was addressed to as like the, the old lady, whatever, or I felt old. I was like, I'm not old. Like, what are you talking about? You know, but then I realized like, oh my God, I'm like a senior military spouse. Like what, you know, you don't ever feel that way. But that was like kind of the first time I heard this kind of correlation with myself. And, um, but it it's, it's been different. And, uh, but yeah, in some ways it's the same because we didn't move. And so, that part, you know, like he would, throughout COVID, he had been working from home so much like everyone else. And so whenever he transitioned out, he was, had all this terminal leave. And so it really like nothing ever changed because he was home. Um, so that's been, that's been kind of different, but now he works, put us on a different suit every day. And so that's been interesting to see him actually go and buy clothes, which he never really bought clothes for years. And so that's probably like one of the biggest weird <laughs> transitions is watching him shop for clothes. So what were those conversations like when you first moved to D.C.? I'm guessing that you didn't know that that was going to be the place that Mm-mm. you stayed. No. So so how did that transition happen? And when did you start having those conversations? Um, I think that, let's see, uh, about five years ago um, was whenever the conversation first started. Um, we have one of our, our youngest son has some special needs and um, it came very apparent that he needed to stay somewhere and be stable and not move anywhere else. And so I think about that the five years ago, five years before we actually retired, we knew um, that we needed to stable. And so that was one of our, the biggest pushing points of our decision. Um, and knowing that, um, we began our five-year kind of plan at that point of how do we make this transition successful. And um, we had a certain, you know, things in mind. We, we actually did a whole, a whole plan with a financial counselor and did a whole pre-retirement financial plan to kind of figure out, okay, where do we need to be to be successful financially in five years? And so we set this goal for ourselves that we need to have this much in savings that, you know, um, with me uh, working, I need to have an approximation of, we had a goal of what my salary should be. And, you know, just kind of these different little uh, goals for ourselves. And we started that about five years ago. Um, And also we wanted to buy a home before we retired. We didn't want to be renting. And so once we decided, we just kind of started stepping along our way on our five-year plan. And I, I'm guessing it was helpful knowing that you're already in a place where your family's getting the support 
they need, you now have found an outlet that, that doesn't feel like it's just a way to earn a paycheck, but it's actually meaningful. You're able to use your skills. You're able to work with military families that you have this passion for. It, it all comes together. I think there's this fear of what happens you know, when, when the military is done telling us where we go and what we do, like, what's that next step for us? So if you could look back and go back to your initial decision to say, okay, I'm going to step away. I'm just going to be a mom right now. Is there anything that you wish you would have known then or that you wish you would have done during that season of just focusing on your family? Yeah. I think there's a couple different things I've thought about that. So one of them, I wish I would have kept my resume up to date um, as I did that. I didn't think about it because I had just transitioned out of the military myself. And so I never had built a resume. And I wish I would have taken the time then to start a professional resume and to think about what the next steps were. I, I was so blindsided, but emotionally that I didn't take the time when I transitioned to think about what my next steps were. I was just so hyper-focused on the then and now. So that's one that I wish I would have thought about that. And two, I do wish that um, during that season of my life that I would have had some kind of, that I had, wish I would have gone through some kind of classes or something to keep my professional skills sharp. Um and I, I, did, I, I wish I could go back and tell myself that then, you know, that, you know, you should really keep yourself up to date. And so I think those are the two biggest things that I, I wish I could go back and tell myself then. What would you like to tell military spouses who are right now in the season of they've, you know, either given up on their career, they put those ideas, those passions, those dreams of theirs on the back burner, and they're feeling the sense of feeling a little lost and who am I? What would you love to say to them? I would say that uh, you're not alone. And to remember that you have this whole society of amazing, powerful military spouses around you that are probably feeling the same thing, that there's so many people to support you, that you should never feel like you can't do something. And that if you have an idea to do that, to talk to others, and to bounce ideas off other people, because more than likely, they thought the same thing. And um, there, many of them are probably feeling the same way. And I think that um, there was another those other piece of advice that someone told me when I first was a brand new military wife that to, told me to bloom where you're planted at. And I it stuck with me, and it has never left my mind to bloom wherever you're planted. So whatever season that you find yourself in, you know, be badass at it and to make it, um, own it and to make it yours. I love that so much. And I love that there are people like you that are really leading this charge and saying that your life is not over because you're a military spouse and that in every season, there is a way to find purpose and to live with purpose. If somebody wants to reach out, connect with you, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Um, I would love it. I am on, on LinkedIn. They can just find me under my name or they can search for AFMA. That's A-A-F-M-A-A and look for people. And um, I'm there. 
Um, or they can go on AFMA.com and uh, under the meet, the meet the Team page, and I'm right there, and all my contact details are there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to just sit down and talk with us. And I, I know that this is going to be so meaningful to other military spouses who are not quite as far along on the journey. Uh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure today. What I so appreciate about Charlene's story is her willingness to be honest and vulnerable and, and to share the fact that, you know, I did this, I lost myself in the process, but also I found my way out. And this is what I did. This is where I'm at now. But I would do things a little bit different. If I went back and told myself, if I had all of this to do over again, I would not lose myself along the way. I would keep building my skills. I would keep in touch, keep my resume up to date. All these things that she alluded to in our conversation, these were things that were setting her up for the next season of life. When it came time for her to move into her next season, here are the actions that would have helped her. And that's why I created that identity workshop. That's why it exists for you for free. And and really that's why I created Mill Spouse Purpose Playbook, the complete step-by-step guide to begin to reclaim your life and dreams and discover who you are meant to be. So please go watch the free identity workshop. Figure out what those things are that light you up. What causes you care about what your purpose is and how you can begin to pursue your purpose in this season and prepare for the next season of life so that you can use what you have right now to learn new skills and gain new knowledge and begin showing up as the person you want to be so that you are prepared for the next season in your story. And again, that's available just by going to millspousemastermind.com forward slash workshop. Stop feeling lost, and start regaining your sense of self. Your sense of self. I hope this blesses you and that you have an amazing week living filled, fueled, and full of joy. Hey friend, before you go, the Mill Spouse Mastermind community is here to help you thrive as a military spouse. Figure out what lights your heart on fire and equip you to create a life of impact. You can have an incredible impact simply by heading over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. And if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others too. Spread the word by taking a screenshot of this episode and share it to your stories so we can continue to reach more people, change more lives, and shift the way that military spouses look at life. Because we are better together, and together we can change the world. Let's do it.